up thank you uh for downloading this episode uh, of the taz show this is uh he taz how you doing uh you download this thing here uh maybe on the uh, apple podcast or radio.com on the apple the radio.com website so thanks for doing that i appreciate it a little taz hall action for you all right so you know uh, we usually do taz hall to kick off the week just a fancy damn name for q a as you guys know so hope you guys are all good uh so um yeah so basically, I'm going to barrel right into this thing. Uh, you know, it's just I try not to waste time. Uh, not waste time. I shouldn't say waste time. It's such a negative thing. But I try not to uh, screw around too much with uh, any of the uh, tomfoolery and shenanigans. Sometimes I'm guilty of doing when uh, we have Taz Hall because there's just a lot. There's a lot to cover, you know, uh, with the Taz Hall. So that's the uh, gimmick. Um, I'm going to try not to do a water break. Uh, I'm going to try not to. Um, but because it's probably unprofessional, you know, a lot of people will love it. There are people saying, Hey, you should have a t-shirt out. That's a, uh, Taz takes a water break type t-shirt, uh, which is, uh, I find intriguing, interesting, and funny. Um, and you know what? I, I, I might do that. Uh, so for that matter, I might have to, uh, take a, a water break, but actually it's so funny. I just said the word t-shirt and before I get into the Taz hall. So a lot of you guys know, um, tweet a lot of deal, uh, last night. Sorry, a gimmick of um, uh, Paul Heyman's uh, new T-shirt, which is a WWE shirt, and it's uh, his catchphrase about predictions, not a spoiler, and stuff like that. Um, anyway, and it really resembled an old ECW shirt that uh, we had during ECW that I designed. Um, as most of you guys know, I designed most of the, well, all of the merch for the most part of all the T-shirts and banners and logos and all this kind of crap. So. Of a real close shot of my face And it said survive on top of my head And underneath my chin it said if I let you And it was a real mean picture So uh, the photo The t-shirt I should say that WWE has with Heyman It's uh, basically like uh, It's very <laughs> We can see it on Twitter or look at it It's basically the same thing uh, Whatever. So regardless that's neither here or there So as you listen to this, I don't know if it's out there yet. It's going to be out this week, the week of uh, February 10th, 2019. A classic gets revamped, and it's that Survive If I Let You t-shirt of yours truly, uh, but a new version of it. Basically the same look, just a little bit of a different, same style, different look. Um, so it's kind of like the past meets the present type thing. So uh, hopefully you guys go out and buy that shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees. It'll be available. ProWrestlingTees.com slash T-A-Z You get a bunch of Taz stuff there So uh, go check that out So if you want So uh, that's how That's called uh, That's called Listen, here's the thing Some people might not understand Like Anybody who creates something Right? Anybody who has something that they create And if someone It's like a comedian I've talked about this a long time ago If if, if a comedian is getting hacked And another comedian is stealing his material it's very like it's disrespectful you know it's like it's you know it's it's not cool you know it's not cool so that's kind of like you get pissed off so i i I, listen wrestlers are the same way when you steal a wrestler's move or hold or whatever you know some like well that's flattery it's no bullshit okay no no be innovative um or you know go out publicly and say hey i did this in honor of this guy or girl you know i'm sorry that's just my take on it. if you don't like it sorry too bad uh just how i feel about it you know, and 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 by the way, on that note too. Well, I'll get into that in a second. Let me get let me back up for a second. So, you know, I said I was going to not get into any other jargon and go right into Taz Hall, and I got sidetracked. So that's the thing. I don't like. I don't appreciate. I should say, when anybody, no matter who it is, is you know, profiting and making money or whatever you want to call it, off of. Uh, Designs that I made 
I don't, it's not even about the money. I shouldn't say the money. I probably shouldn't say that because I don't really mean that. It's more about the creativity or lack thereof that someone just takes a complete look, no matter who's at fault, and just takes the look and just, ta- I just it's just not the first time this has happened either. It's not going to be the last. It just really, you know, it ticks me off. Unless you're going to do like a blatant, like the Jabba face shirt I have. That's different. That's a complete mock off of a different famous logo that has nothing to do with wrestling. So that's a, like a different thing. And you so like Barstools does that a lot too. You know, that's that's a whole different feel. Um, and I don't do that shit a lot, but that's a different thing, you know. Um, really, it's, just, it's very blatant. It's very obvious, you know, that type of thing. And it's not in the same realm. It's not in the same business. So I, I do think that makes it a little bit different. Um, so anyway, that that's I just wanted to just bring that up. And the thing I, when I stopped myself was like, because I said to you guys, if you know, if you don't like my take on that, if some might think that, oh, you shouldn't get upset over that, which most of you guys supported it when you saw the tweet, uh, I, I, that's fine. You know, I, I say what I want. I'm very honest out here. I'm very blunt. And I've been like that for, for, for years now and hundreds of episodes. I don't bullshit. And, and sometimes that rubs people the wrong way. Then it's very easy. You, you, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but you don't have to listen. I mean, just, you don't just... You don't have to subscribe to my content. You don't have to listen. You don't have to download it. I mean, it's your prerogative. This does not cost you any money. So if you don't like my take on something, because somebody else was like, so I can't remember what it was on my take about Dean Ambrose and somebody, I, I don't know, thought it, I either was a little harsh or whatever, like a Dean Ambrose as far as him doing jobs on the way out and that, the, that fans need to realize this is the way it goes. And um, what wasn't a shot at Dean Ambrose. It wasn't a shot at WWE either. It was, I was putting them both over. But some, I, I guess maybe to some people, I'm a little bit uh, rough around the edges on, on, on when when you listen to this audio. But that's just how I, I'm. There's there's I, that's just me. I'm the same all the time. I don't play a part. <laughs> I'm on the radio every day covering sports, and this is how I talk. Okay, I, I'm on a podcast. This is how I talk. Uh, when I was a wrestler, that's how I talked. My thoughts don't change. Now, when I worked for wrestling companies, I, I couldn't be as, you know, uh, opinionated. I couldn't, I was, you know, micromanaged. Um, can't say everything you, you want to say. Um, you know what I mean? But but when you work for WWE or something like that, but, I, you know, I don't work for WWE and, and I don't need to work for them. So I'm just saying, like, what I do out here is me. It's me. And if you don't like me or my style, then that's no problem. I, I love you. I'm not mad at you. Go in peace. That's all. It's that simple. You know, it's really that simple. I'm not changing for anybody. <laughs> so that's why you don't hear this show on the WWE Network because it won't fit. <laughs> so the way this is done, that's just the way it goes. All right, Taz Hall. So uh, we go to the IG Instagram, which, by the way, thank you. All the followers have really got me already above uh, the 10,000 followers. I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. You guys did that. So thank you for that. So it's Taz Talk if you want to follow me on Instagram, T-A-Z-T-L-K. Um, so we have a lot of questions here that uh, the guys went through. So I will uh, I will go in order of what we received and whatnot. So all right, this is from Rob Taylor, 91, uh, says, Is Velveteen Dream the best thing in wrestling? <sighs> hashtag yes, hashtag huge upside. Well, Rob, I do believe huge upside. Uh, to say he's the best thing in wrestling I think would be a little bit of an overstatement. Um, can I name who's better off the top of my head? No, it's tough to just name who's better. I'm, I don't want to get into like who's the best, who's this. It's that's such a it's a tough conversation. Uh, Velveteen Dream is very really good for wrestling right now because he's different and he's so talented. The way he looks, the way he works, the way he talks, he's he's got uh, a lot of. He's taken a couple of different things and. And created this character Velveteen Dream Which is the way you want to do it Because it's tough to be original today You just take little elements here and there And then a potpourri of this, a potpourri of that, potpourri of that And boom, you got a character if you're talented enough to portray it And and I, I think that's what Velveteen Dream did So yeah, no, I'm, I'm a big fan of his um, But to say he's the best thing in wrestling um, Like I said, I think that's a little bit, uh, a little tough to say it's a little bit of an overstatement um, for me. Look, because you know, just in WWE, um, there's so much talent that is really good and and over. You know, so uh, some right now, Daniel Bryan's doing great. I mean, he's doing great as a WWE champion. He's he's over. I mean, he's over. He's got the 
uh, Wooden Belt Jones, uh, Hemp City City Hemp Hemp, um, whatever that belt is. He's got hemp running around the belt. I don't know what it is. Um, but, yeah, he's uh, over like Rover. I mean, so he's he's doing awesome. Um, I think that uh, I think if you look at like, uh, in the NXT world, uh, Champa Gargano, they're both doing great. I mean, as individual champions, Gargano's the NXT North American champ, and Champa is the NXT champ, the, the big time champ, as you guys know. Um, Becky Lynch, she might be the best thing for wrestling, right? Think about it. You know, Becky Lynch could be the best thing for wrestling for sure. I mean, when we say wrestling, man, let's just stick to WWE because we're not we're not encompassing all the other talented men and women that work on the independent scene or for other companies, and no matter if big or small anywhere in the world. But I think Becky Lynch, in my opinion, now just spitballing, would probably be a little bit better for wrestling than Velveteen Dream, Rob Taylor, ninety one, and that's because she's getting it done on the grandest stage, which is the toughest stage because the biggest pressure's on you. Um, and she's been getting over for quite some time. So I know she's been in the company a long time, and it's not like Velveteen Dream's competing against um, Becky Lynch, but as far as what's the best thing for us right now, I would lean towards Becky, but again, even that, it's tough to say once. I'm on the fence for the answer. I'm not giving you one answer. Sorry, Rob, but I hope I covered covered your question enough for you, my friend. Okay, thank you again. I would go and stay on the Instagram here. Probably doing a break. I'm sorry, probably go to break a little while after break, then hit hit up on some of the Facebook ones. Uh, the real silent G. In TNA, you were Samoa Joe's manager. Uh, what was the ultimate goal for you and you guys? Well, the ultimate goal was basically it was we all we both knew Joe and I it was gonna be a short-term thing. It was a, just a, it was a segue to get me behind the commentary. To bring me in a company with impact, uh, no pun intended, um, <laughs> to bring me in a company with impact, manage Joe, uh, running Jones at the pay-per-view, Connor, he's working with Sting, meaning Joe, um, you know, and then here, here's Taz, yada, yada, and then I manage him for a little while, main event Mafia Jones, we go on that deal, and it was all short-term, and, and the, the time frame was exactly what I was told for the most part it was going to be to get me behind the announce desk. So there was never no long-term goal. Joe knew that, I knew that. Uh, the writers knew that it was it was uh, it was Vince Russo. Obviously, he was the head writer at that time for TNA. So that was uh, that's the the long and short of the gimmick. Schneebitz uh, Fern and Burnham. Uh, la 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 la. What else we have here? Uh, Defi underscore failure. What is your current go to cigar? Wow. That's the question we want Right now, uh, I'm smoking Well, not as I speak, but lately You know, past couple of weeks I, I've been dabbling in a nice Monte, Monte Cristo Which I don't normally smoke Monte Cristos But there's a Texas edition, it's called uh, Not an easy cigar to find Not a cheap cigar I don't normally dabble in the Monte Cristos, like I said it's A brand that's been around for decades Very successful cigar brand But the Texas edition uh, During the summer, I was at um, I was at uh, my sister-in-law's house. We had a, a barbecue over there. Uh, my wife's one of my wife's sisters, and uh, my brother-in-law. Um, she, he had uh, he had some cigars. We're hanging out in the yard, a few of few of us, um, and uh, just you know hanging out. Everybody was chilling. Who's in the pool? Who's not? You know, just summer you know weekend hangout at, at at their house. And he busted out a couple cigars, and they know uh, you know. When your homeboy's around, uh, the human suplex machine, be careful. Don't just pull out some fucking dirt rocket, because I will call you out in your own backyard. That's my style. Because when you come to my casa, you get high-end Jones. You get top-notch cigars, unless you act like an asshole early in the day at my house. Then you get nothing. Okay? So when I go to your house, if you're going to offer me a smoke, it better be legit. Otherwise, I'm going to laugh in your face. Throw all your d'oeuvres in the pool Kick over your umbrellas And get in my car and vroom, zip out That's how that goes So Monte Cristo Texas edition Is my current go-to Defy underscore failure Okay, so It's an interesting name you have there Thanks for the question uh, Gary underscore Dalton Would you be willing to do commentary again With WWE or a different company? Okay, would I be willing? Man, I mean, I've talked about this several times. A lot of you guys ask me this question about do, would you do commentary in, 
AEW? Would you do commentary in WWE? Would you again? Would you, you know, and all this stuff? I, I listen. I've told you. If you haven't heard me before, say this. That's fine. You might be new to my stuff, and I, I, that's cool. And anybody who's asking for, I'm not. I'm not getting on you. I'm just. I, I, yeah, listen. I I could do commentary, no problem. Okay, I could do it today. Okay, and f- f- no problem on any company. Um, I know it sounds braggadocious, but it's a fact. I can do it. <laughs> I I don't even. I don't want to say I have the desire, but I wouldn't mind it. But my schedule is so thick right now. What, what I'm doing, uh, what I'm contracted to do, to a daily radio show and contracted to a podcast, um, which I love doing both. I'm so happy in my career and the opportunities I've been having the past several years um, under the CBS and Entercom umbrella. So you know, I'm blessed. I mean, you know, a lot of guys that have podcasts, you know, it's like you know. I don't want to get into knocking their their deals, but you know I I'm contracted and I'm I'm in good shape you know on this and and then I have a different contract you know for my wrestling uh, for my uh, sports show it's their different deals right so I'm um, I'm busy and I have, I have a lot of responsibilities on those ends so I cannot and I would not want to let any of that falter you know I that's that's my thing I just can't let any of that falter and if I was doing um, if I was doing, you know, a, um, a commentary every week, hypothetically for a wrestling company, I'd have travel. It'd be different. I mean, unless I was doing voiceovers somewhere, um, you know, and work around my schedule, then maybe I could do it, but I, you know, I'm not opposed to it. Don't get me wrong. Cause I, I do miss it. I do miss it. I said this a few podcasts ago. I miss being in a locker room. I miss, I miss being around. You know the uh, roster. I, I do. I mean, I, all, all most of my adult life, I was. That's what. That's what I did. So, you know, I do miss that. But, um, but if I never was in a locker room again, or never participated or performed in a professional wrestling environment again, uh, that's fine. I sleep well at night. I'm very blessed. I'm very happy. But thanks for the question, Gary. Uh, what else we got here? We got uh, Carly Car Ellie Carly Ellie. Yeah. 25. Carry Ellie 25. Hardest shot you ever took. Oh, well. That's a tough one. I've been I've been popped pretty hard here and there. The hardest, I'll put it this way, the worst, man. It's probably a tie. The two worst bumps I ever took. But they weren't really hard. Sh- well, I shouldn't say that they were both hard shots, but um Bump I took at WrestleMania at the Astrodome in a six-man match against the right to censor. It was me and the APA. Uh, and I talked about this a lot. It was my fault. I got closed on by the Godfather, and I overbumped, bumped too hard, and I hit the back of my head in the mat hard. And I got a really bad concussion, vomit in the locker room and everything. It was just horrible. That whole WrestleMania, I was laying, in a train, I was laying on a trainer's table, shot with the doctors keeping an eye on me. I was a mess. Um, that was very bad. But years before that, I was working in Connecticut for an independent. Uh, this is before, like, probably right before ECW, uh, probably right 1992-ish, 93. And it was a tag team match, and it was myself and Kevin Sullivan, the devil. You know Kevin Sullivan, uh, one of my mentors. It was me and Kevin uh, against um, the late uh, hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert, and the uh, and Ricky... Not Ricky Steamboat. I'm sorry, Vic Steamboat. Not Ricky Steamboat. Vic Steamboat. Yeah. You know, so Vic had given me a cross body block over the top. He came over the top. I was on the floor, and I don't know if I was in too close. Whatever happened, our timing was off, and his body, his cross body block over the top rope to me, hit me right across the face, and I over bumped. Not over bumped. I as I left my feet, all his weight was on my upper body, and we were like on a stage. The ring was on a st- kind of like a round stage type gimmick. And um, I hit the back of my head on this wood thing, man, and just I was fucking out, like basically out of my feet, like knocked out. That shit hurt. I, I, I mean, he hit me hard, but that crossbody. Now nah, I liked Vic. We, we we got along good, you know. Was no no heat. It was just shit happened. I worked with him a lot, uh, but it was good, you know. But th- those were bad bumps. Um, the hardest I've ever been hit. I've been hit hard by Bigelow. Bam Bam's caught me with a couple of punches that were pretty, pretty hard. Uh, Punches in the jaw, you know, type thing. Um, Van Dam will catch you with a kick once in a while. Knock your fucking head loose. So Van Dam's definitely 
you'll have popped me with some kicks for sure. Um, hmm. But always safe. Like Rob was was snug with his shit, but he wouldn't hit you like in the teeth where he's knocking a tooth out or busting your lip. He wouldn't hit you in the nose where he's going to break your nose, give you a bloody nose. He wasn't hitting you in your eye. You know, he would hit you in the right parts of your Ned head, neck, and chest area. Just hit you very fucking hard. So, but it was right. You know, we we that's how we all worked. I mean, back then. But so I don't know. I'm trying to think of anybody else off the top of my head. Um, who else I could say has hit me really hard? Uh, man, it's got to be all this. A lot of matches, right? So I'm trying to think. <laughs> it's just hard to. You know, um, if I think of another one, I'll spit it out here in a little while. But th- I think I ca- kind of gave you a good amount right there. Thank you for the question, though. I do appreciate it. Uh, what else we got here? We got, uh, where's the other schnabitz here? It is uh, Prozac with two Z's at the end. Pro, Z-A-C-C. Prozac. Armpit hair or no uh, pit hair? Ready, set, go, Jones. Okay, Prozac. Good question. Uh, no, no. You shave the armpit. Okay, let me tell you something. I like that you ask this question, Prozac, because uh, two things. It's it's a topic that it's not talked about enough, and uh, I'm going to get into it in a second. I'm just I, before I get to talk about you know any kind of hair and pubic hair under someone's armpit. I need to before I upchuck. You know what time it is? Time for a little water. They call it a break. I call it water. We call it a water break. Hold on. Hang on, not done. Wow, it's still pouring. How's that happen? It's still pouring. I just got done drinking. It's kind of weird. All right, anyways. Um, <laughs> all right, so must be a delay. All right, so Prozac, here's the thing. Armpit hair, no armpit hair. No armpit hair. No armpit hair. When you wrestle, Okay, it's one of the most disgusting things you could do Is you get a guy in a headlock And you got a chunk of Fucking sweaty hair in his face Or slopping around his Fucking eye sock in his ear While he's got you in a, head, he's got you in a headlock it's Disgusting, it's a good way to get your ass kicked in the, in the business, you know, you don't do that You gotta be sanitary You can't be dirty, you can't have long fingernails You can't have dirt under your fingernails I'm being honest, it's just very It's a very, you gotta be sanitary in the ring You can't be, you can't be fucking Stinking like ass, that's a good way You don't get booked, you know, so No, no armpit hair No Now, over the years, I'm not wrestling I let it grow, it's almost like If I take my shirt off I have so much armpit hair, it's it's, it's like in braids I braid it up, it's like like a a, Kind of like like dreads like long dreads, like ponytails of, of hair under my armpits now From all the years of shaving it Now it just grew in, it's like it's braids It just wraps around my body It's, it's unbelievable, it's amazing, you gotta see it Alright, anyway, uh, what else we got here Ah, uh, here we go uh, Gutzetto G-U-T-T-Z-E-O-Z-E-D-O How did you get into graphic design work back in the day? Graphic design work back in the day Well, great question I think anyone's ever asked me that flat out Um I always was fascinated by it, okay? Um, I was not schooled. I did not learn programs. Like, I didn't go to a school. No one taught me. I didn't, you know, in college, didn't, had not, no formal training. That's my point. Um, There was a guy who was doing some designs on Long Island, okay, for Mick Foley. You remember the, I think he, I think... I shouldn't say this as a fact, but I'm 94% sure, 94.5% sure. He did that classic Mick Foley design with the yellow, uh, like, wanted sign. And he lived in uh, Nassau County, and I was living in Nassau County on Long Island, New York. And and I connected with him. This was way early, ECW, like super early. And he... I used to work in, let's just probably, let me just think, it's probably fucking before ECW, I'm trying to remember. But anyway, he used to work in a program called Corel Draw, which is basically, you know, like if you're anything in graphics or digital design, you're, you're working for the most part, I hate to say it like that, but you're working in Adobe, Illustrator, you know, that's what you're working in. Um, so anyways, here's the deal. Um, 
I, you know, always had a fascination with this and always had a kind of an eye for it. So I would work with him. I would literally stand behind him while he was editing stuff. And the first one of the first shirts, I think, that I helped us like produce behind the scenes with him. And he was just an independent guy, he was getting paid here and there from guys. Yeah, hey, you know, you told a guy whatever's 50 bucks and he would make a shirt design for you. So whatever it was. And um it was a face plant suplex shirt. And he drew it up and did it up and it was sick. It was awesome. And uh and I, I ran with that shirt. Like that was the coolest thing. And then over time, like it's just I would hook up with him and and go to his little studio place he had or he was working out of. And you know, and then once I started with ECW and then just started doing more like that, you know, like and just more more stuff. And then I kind of he would help me and teach me a little bit about Corel Draw and then you know, I I would do it on my own, and that's kind of how it all started. And to this day, <laughs> it's funny because I don't work in in AI. I don't work in Adobe Illustrator. <laughs> so my my son laughs at me because he's he's like like I'm good with graphics, you know, and I've always been good and had a good eye for it, as you guys know, right? I say that humbly. I design all my own T-shirts for years and all the stuff in ECW, like I said earlier. But what I do, like my son, is like. I'm like, if you follow baseball, like I'm like a double A baseball player with design when it comes to him. And he's like a fucking in the majors. So he's like schooled and he's true, like with Adobe Illustrator and the stuff he does with digital design and visual arts. Like he's he's insanely talented. Um, so I don't he's like that. I'll just tell me, I'll make something for you. And I don't let him do it. I don't want him to do it. I still do my stuff my way. I'm old school. I'm a dinosaur. And um and I'm not going to get into, I don't use Corel Draw as much as I used to. I, I don't use Adobe either. And I'm not going to get into what I use because that's kind of like, you know, the guy with the magic pizza, pizza sauce. He don't tell you what's in it. So that's my gimmick. I do everything on my own now. I make all my stuff on my own. One of the great artists, a guy named Dave at Pro Wrestling Tees, I will send my artwork. And uh, him and Ryan will, will check it out. They make some tweaks here and there. Um, and we bounce it off each other. But for the most part, the bulk of the stuff you see on, on Pro Wrestling Tees from me, just about 98.9% of it I designed. So they might tweak something here or there and, and uh, stuff, you know, but I approve it all. But so, yeah, that's the backstory. I can talk about that stuff. For, I can talk about graphic design, Gazzetto, uh, Gazzetto, Gazzetto all day. I, I love that. I mean, I have, I'm a frustrated uh, graphic designer, I guess, but I I just love it. And, and my kid has a great passion for it, like I said, and, um, he does a lot of that stuff with visual arts, like I said. He's tremendous also with photography, and um, and he kind of taught himself that, and he does, like, stuff. He'll take photos, all digital photos, and put them in, um, I, I don't know if it's called Lightroom or Darkroom, one of those programs. The kid's like a maven with that shit. Like, he's really talented with it. So, And it's just, well, you know, he's a college student, college athlete, so he's you know, he's a busy kid. So I'm not going to say, hey, uh, bro, uh, can you do the new uh, Survive If I Let You t-shirt? Uh, he would do it, but... I don't want to ask him because I, I want to do it. That's right. So anyway, because um, <laughs> he's better than me at it. So I don't want him to put something out better than me because I'm competitive. You want my own kid. How bad is that? But anyway, he would appreciate that if you heard me say that. Uh, so anyway, there you go. Good question, by the way. Good question. You obviously um, sparked me there for the most part. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, where are we? Um, wow, Prozac, I didn't see another question here Okay, and they approved it, wow Can ring attire make or break a wrestler? Oh yeah, I think that's a big part I think I don't, I don't want to say it could break them But it could definitely make them And it could hurt you for first impressions With fans and with bookers Yeah, ring attire is very important um, If you got the skill set In the ring and on the mic And all that And WWE you know, checks you out And sees what you're doing and they feel like, wow, that guy's dressed like shit. He's got some really shitty boots and his gear really just sucks. That's an easy fix for them, right? They'll set you up with the right people to give you some input on that and 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 the seamstress that puts stuff together. But if you're like, um, let's just say you're trying to get over on a different level, a smaller level, like you're trying to get noticed on the independent scene for argument's sake and you're working and you – you just don't have the right gear. Maybe you can't afford it or whatever it is. You got to make the best you can because if you don't look right, man, a lot of these promoters are not going to, you know, they're not going to book you. More important than your gear, I feel, is your is your your physique. You know, f- you know, I do think that's very important. Not that, everyone, not that everyone has to look like a bodybuilder, but I do think you have to look athletic and be in shape. 
I'm going to have some muscularity on you. I think that's actually more important than ring attire. So that's why I say, you know, ring attire can't break you, but it is very, very important uh, for sure. Um, it, it, it definitely, definitely is very, very important. Uh, who else we got? Um, we got on here. La, la, la. We have, where are we? I lost my paper. Oh, here it is. We have Spaz Phoenix. Uh, could a wrestling product survive on Netflix-style platform? Like a lot of content all at once to watch at fans' own pace. I think so. I definitely think so. I think we've seen some of that. Um, was it Glow? Or there was something else on there I was watching. I was talking about. I kind of backed off of it a little bit a while ago, months and months ago. I'm drawing a blank on the name. But, yeah, I think, uh, like, I, I do think uh, an on-demand, you're talking about on-demand. You're talking about, uh, you know, basically where it's hypothetically 13 weeks in the can, as we would say in business, where it's 13 weeks in the can. And each week you'll roll something out Or not even a can, fuck it's not in a can It's it's right there for you to download Yeah, 13 episodes, here you go uh, I, I'm not a big Netflix guy, I think I've talked about that before I My wife, she's into Netflix big time But um, I know a lot of people That love the Netflix, I'm kind of like a dinosaur With that, because I'm either watching sports Or I'm watching wrestling, it's just uh, That's how I make money, so I don't really do anything For you know leisure time So, uh, <laughs> or Business Jones I don't fuck around So, um I, I do think, though, it can work. I do think if you have all that content and people just watch it at their pace, I do feel it can work. And I, I, if I was starting a wrestling company today, I would go that route. If I can cut a deal with one of those Netflix, Hulu, City Jones, all that kind of shit, I would. I mean, I would. I mean, I do think that's not just the wave of the future. It's the now. And it's how people pull content in their life. Most people don't. You know, this younger generation, they're not watching, you know, you know, guys and girls in that whatever 18 to 22 year old range. Most of them aren't watching television. They're pulling in content on their mobile device or their tablet or whatever, you know what I mean? Or, or on the go. Like they're, they're, they're pulling in, like you just said, Netflix on their pay. You know, it's not like, well, let's go put the TV on and watch Fox on the show right now. They're not doing that. You know, I mean, yeah, what Raw, you got to do it if you're a wrestling fan with SmackDown, of course. You know, but like if you're an NXT fan, you know, you don't have to watch it when it comes out right on, on, on Wednesday. Um, uh, you could watch it when, you know, whenever. Um, you know what I mean? So so you could do that. No problemo, amigos. You know what I mean? So, but good question. Uh, good question there, Haas. Uh, anyway, what do we got here? Uh, World Wrestling Federation. Okay, interesting uh, name for your, <laughs> for your Instagram, sir. Tap, bottle, or filtered water for the breaks? Wow, that's a great question. Um, that's a great question. Well, Basically, uh, I to, just to tell you how I do it here, okay, uh, in in in, uh, in the gimmick clubhouse is my water breaks consist of I'll, I'll I'll share the secret sauce. It's filtered water that I put in a I have a fancy Dan Thermos Jones that keeps everything iced down. Okay, I put nice ice. I got a big ice machine. Okay, I put my ice in there. Crushed Jones. I love crushed ice. I don't like cubes of ice. They fucking annoy me. Okay, and I uh, I have filtered water. I am not opposed to bottled water, but I have great filtration around me. At the studio I work uh, for CBS, there's great filtered water, and in my home I have multiple filtered water uh, fountains areas. So I that's how I go. So yes. So to answer that question, it is definitely uh, with filtered water. Okay, enough with the war. Okay, uh, who we got here? Bur la la la, but la la la. What do we got here? Uh, Bursini one two three four. Hey Taz, love the show. What was the craziest, weirdest, most absurd thing that Vince wanted you to say while commentating, and did you say it? Stay hydrated, my man. With H two O Jones. This is a water-themed show. <laughs> All right, so anyway, um, <laughs> I never thought the water break thing would get over like it is, but it's fucking pretty funny. All right, here we go, Haas. Uh, look, the thing with Vince, to be frank, how do I word this? Like, it, I, it's that's a tough thing to to answer because it was it wasn't like that. He wouldn't say to us or me, "All right, listen." Like before the show, I right, listen. Here's the deal. Uh, you know, during that um, during that segment when Undertaker comes out. Uh, and then JBL is going to come out after, right? You say this, say it just like this. That doesn't happen. He doesn't, that doesn't, that's not what he does. I'm just, I'm being honest. Like he's never done that with me. 
He's never given me like a line to say If he has, I can't remember it um, Maybe something for an angle he might have done Like a storyline But I've never, like on a regular weekly basis That's not how it worked Vince would do just what the commentators Or play-by-play guy does they, He would react He'd be in a gorilla position On headset And he would react to something And say it to you Not all the time But a lot of times Um I, so I can't even answer your question Because I can't think of one thing So I'm not going to bullshit you That was the most absurd thing that, that he wanted me to say I'm sure there's something I can't think of right now And if there was I would have said it because he's the boss I got, <laughs> I got to do what he tells me to do I mean it, that's how it was I was under contract I'm not going to be insubordinate I did my job So yeah you're a high paid puppet at times But that, that comes uh, part and parcel with the job You know that's just the way, that's how you knew it was um, That's how you, that's, that's you knew the deal At times we'd have some segments where we're having fun And like it could be a, a funny segment, whatever, I don't know Something silly in the ring, like a silly segment And I'd be going off the rails saying some silly stupid shit And he would play along in my headset and he Because he understood my humor And he would give me lines that would fit right in And I would play along, you know, it, it worked and that was the cool thing. That's something I never really said. Like he understood my humor, like my sometimes outlandish imagination and stuff like that in character. He got that. And I do that on the radio. I do that now. Um, so he got that. Vince liked that. So, you know, I guess that's why he let me <laughs> keep the job for so long. Uh, who we got here? Your you not before I. You not before I. What is it? This fucking Instagram. There's no spaces, bro You know, it's like I'm trying to read and shit And it's like There's no spaces With people's fucking names Like, I, you know who, who talks like that? I need a space I need a comma I'm not blaming you You before I I'm not blaming anybody I'm just saying The way they have their gimmick set up This Instagram thing's not gonna work Anyway Hey Taz I know you're not a huge fan Of intergender wrestling Seems like WWE is going to do something with Dean and Nia. Yes, I believe that's, I believe that's, I'm saying this now, not you before I, in Jonesbury, Arkansas, Jonesboro, Arkansas, I believe. I've actually worked there a couple of times for Memphis. Anyway, what do you think about that? And is this uh, his send off? Thank you for all you do. Well, thank you, you before I, for the nice comments. Um, I did notice that, as I said, I believe, like I said, it's in Jonesboro, Arkansas at a live event. It's definitely a little bit of a test run deal And they're promoting it as intergender I am a little surprised Again, I but I did tell you guys you're not. I really don't think you're going to see the, It on television Meaning any physical stuff Like when I say television, I'm not talking about the WWE Network I'm talking about On you know, USA and all that shit I'm talking about the regular you know, TV show you know, Because the TV contracts and Violence onto women From men um, At a live event Different story um, Do I think this is a send-off It's the beginning of it I mean, because he's going to be in an angle with her At a house show Because they want them to get a physical chemistry With each other in the ring And then they'll do it on a paper, the pay-per-view Maybe it's a blow-off on a pay-per-view That type thing So they may be sending him off To your point on your question In an angle with uh, someone of the opposite sex That's tough That's tough That's tough to do But, you know that's that's how they're handling Dean Ambrose, and it's like I said before. That's this. You don't pick how you exit the company when you give your notice. You don't pick how you exit the company when they give you your notice. <laughs> so no matter whose terms it on, you don't pick. They pick. Um, you know, for the, this is the way it goes. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, again, I know a lot of people make a living with intergender wrestling, men and women. I know that, and I respect those men and women. I do, but. Um, I, I'm just it's just not my cup of tea you know but I mean I could I could sit and watch a match it's not like it's going to bother me to the point that I'm going to hate it but I just don't <clears throat> I just don't think this day and age it works just just me you know 2k hopper uh did you like the six-sided ring in TNA or did it not matter while calling matches <sighs> good question I actually liked it you know I, I know it's, it was tougher I know it's a different way to work when you're in the ring wrestling it's a totally different way because there's I don't want to pull back the curtain too much but when you wrestle as a pro and you're in a ring there's certain ways and lines and lanes and all this shit when you're running and blah 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 um you know that change when there's six sides as opposed to four sides 
Um, for me, it, it changed a little bit. Uh, it did matter a little bit because the matches were faster because of the talent that we had and especially the X Division, how awesome all of the guys were. So a lot of the stuff was really fast and it's it's a it was going from calling matches in WWE where it was a twenty by twenty four sided traditional ring. I'm going to a calling matches and athletes that are fucking flying around in a smaller ring that has six sides. So it did change a little bit. Great question, great question. Did change a little bit, but it wasn't the end of the world. I was able to you know get along uh, with it with no problem. Especially my man Mike Tanay uh, carrying me through that shit because he is and was the man. Uh, David Branfield, uh, did you ever attempt the Van Dam lift? How effing flexible is RVD and well-built dude? Oh, there's no doubt. Uh, Van Dam. Um, no, I've never answered your question. No, fuck that. I'm not doing a Van Dam lift, even in my prime and in shape. <laughs> that was always very flexible. No one realized my flexibility when I was in my prime. No matter how much muscle I had on me or how stocky I was, I always, I was always like, always worked on my splits. So close to nailing a split on my stretch. Never nailed a full split, but close. Um, if I remember before matches stretching, even Rob Van Dam was very impressed with my flexibility because he was the most flexible man you ever been around that had real power. Um, I really worked on my flexibility because flexibility, what a lot of people don't realize, and I knew it then. Flexibility is the greatest of the greatest thing for injury prevention, and and that's a fact. Okay, so that's how a guy like Van Dam was so successful for so many years is because he was always so flexible. Uh, and and his power was underrated, like how physically strong he was. So for those that don't know the Van Dam lift, you could Google it and find it. Basically, Rob would um, take two chairs <clears throat> while he's in a split and hold a dumbbell in his hands while he's split and smile at a camera. So he's in midair kind of with the chairs holding him up, split with a dumbbell in the middle of his body holding this dumbbell that was probably – I don't know the the number. It was probably a, at least a, a ninety or hundred, probably more than probably hundred twenty pound dumbbell, hundred ten pound dumbbell. I, I don't know the number of the the poundage of the dumbbell. It was a big ass dumbbell, and yeah, it was just insane. Yeah, and I I think he could still can do it. I could have sworn on one of the times he's been on my show that we've even discussed it. But yeah, Rob's still in great shape. So um, God bless him. He's, he's not normal. Um, <laughs> what else we got here? Yeah, see, that's, you know, see, sometimes when I'm going through some of the stuff the guys send me, some of the stuff I don't, you know, uh, let, let me let me do a couple more here on the, uh, on the uh, what do you call it, on the Instagram. But I, I need to get, I'm thinking out loud, I'm kind of spitballing. It's got to be careful. It's in the hacks are out and they get you. The hacks get you. What else we got here? Uh, uh, oh, here we go. The new breed works. Okay, I recently started training jujitsu. And I am way more familiar with the dangers of staph infection. I've noticed that some wrestlers spit in or around a ring. Do you ever? Do they ever get called out for that? That's a good question. Um, very good question. First of all, staph infection is deadly. It's dangerous. And for those that don't know, that's something that's very common in uh, amateur wrestling, like collegiate or high school or youth wrestling. Um, folk style wrestling in high school, you know, gyms, uh, not gyms, uh, you know, their wrestling room, it's called the room, the wrestling room. So, or a lot of dojos where there's a lot of rolling, okay, uh, people sweating on a mat. That's how it happens. And it could happen in pro wrestling rings or, or MMA rings or cages. Um, it's a very dangerous thing. It's basically disease and germs, and it causes. I don't know the, the physics or the science behind it. I, that's not it's above my pay grade, right? But I uh, obviously I learned about staph infection very young in my career um, in judo. Uh, so I learned about it in wrestling and, and spending time in wrestling rooms and training um, before I made it big in ECW. So I never had it. Thank God, staph infection. I never had it, <clears throat> but it's a, it's 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 super contagious and it's super dangerous. Um, as far as the spitting around the ring and stuff, you're right. It does happen. It's definitely unsanitary. I know during my time, no one ever bitched about it or said nothing. Um, in WWE, while I was there, they would have this spray, this ultra crazy disinfectant disinfectant spray. Someone spit or something like that. They would spray it during the break and wipe it real quick and would kill it. Um, 
Same with blood. I've also seen a lot in WWE where they'll change they'll if there's they'll change the mat, the canvas during a break. But they have a big staff, no pun intended, staff, big crew, staff, S T A F F, where staff infection is S T A P H. Spelling Jones. Um, yeah, no, I've never heard anyone catch any shit for spitting in or around the ring. I've noticed it. I don't think you'll see it much uh in WWE right now. I think that the way things are ran there. It's very, um, it's very much like a like a professional sports team. It's not that old school thing. When I was coming up wrestling, yeah, guys were spitting the ring, no problem. Guys doing snot rockets, it was fucking crazy. But you didn't think nothing of that's just the way it was. You know what I mean? Um, that's just the way it was. Juggernaut underscore fifteen. Uh, hey, uh, when a wrestler's champion, are they responsible for the title twenty four seven, or do they have to give it back someone after being on t- give it back to someone uh, uh, being on TV? Yeah, no, you, you're responsible. Like, you know, anytime I've been a champion and had the opportunity and blessed to get a title, you bring that shit everywhere. You bring it home. You bring it um, through security at the airport. You're traveling with it. What I used to do is it's I would take it out. I would not keep it in my bag. And I would uh, basically – I would keep it in my bag. But then once I got to the TSA security Jones, I would open it up, take it out of the bag, and show the first security person, listen, you know, you could see it's a lot of metal here. And they would say, oh, wow, you know, maybe they recognize, maybe they didn't. And then basically just give it to one of them. They'd take it around. They'd look at it, check it out, make sure it's nothing fugazi. And then I would go through my bag and blah, 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 through the scanner and then get it on the other side. The problem is everybody now knows if they don't know who you are, now they know you're somebody because you got this big fucking huge belt. So now you got attention on you, which sucks. So, but yeah, no, I, um... I've always had to carry anybody I knew always had to carry the titles. I'm 99% sure it's still the same way now, but good question. Um, Sean underscore Wolf underscore Sakura. Did you enjoy working with triple H when you faced him on SmackDown? Well, I actually did. It wasn't, I, I would I felt like it would could have, it would have been nice to be a longer match with some build. And um, as far as working with him, going over stuff with him, um, I only wrestled him once and it was the match you talked about I was the ECW champion He was uh, the WWE champ It was uh, on Smackdown in Philly uh, He was very easy to go over the match with like business wise Like he was totally cool like he was a pro you know We knew each other a long time and so I there was mutual respect But as far as like there was if there was a spot I wanted to do something in the match Like he there was nothing that he said no to and same with me like he even he was you know he was like hey maybe you should do this so I don't want to get too much detail but no he was he he was fine to work with I mean he was fine I wish it was longer I wasn't crazy about the finish or losing but it is what it is meaning because I was the ECW champion but I was on the contract of WWE so and I knew I was going to lose it to Tommy Dreamer uh, the following week at the ECW Arena at an ECW show and that's why he ran in the match and they did that angle but. You know, so I was kind of just like a transitional guy to get the title off uh, the late Mike Awesome, so they could get it on uh, uh, onto somebody else. So that's what ECW I'm talking about. So that's really how that all went. But um, yeah, that that seems like a long time ago. I mean, it was a long time ago, but you know, whatever. Uh, good question, though. I definitely think that's a definitely good question. All right, on that note, uh, break time, Jones. Uh, come back from break. I'll hit up some of these Facebook uh, gimmicks. All right, so Taz shows the tight. All right, well, this is pretty cool. Uh, so uh, as I'm recording this gimmick, so the new shirt has dropped. Look at that. The new Survive If I Let You t-shirt has dropped. Uh, the classic revamped is now available at Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, just go to ProWrestlingTees.com and just go right in the search engine and put T-A-Z. And here's even better news, guys. It's $19.99. 1999. That's how much that bitch is. So that's a lower price uh, than a lot of the, the shirts that you see uh, in the state of Nigeria. Of course, you're around 25 bucks. So go check it out, man. It's a classic throwback Jones of the original. So I'm really happy about that. So this thing is uh, is out, ready to roll. So make sure you guys go check it out, man. Seriously, um, at Pro Wrestling Tees. 
com slash Taz. You'll see it on there. And on the Twitter, uh, at official Taz, uh, we'll have a link up there and graphic Jones and do all that stuff. Um, so listen, there is a ton of questions. We didn't realize how many were on Facebook. So I'm going to hit some of them. And now, to be honest, I think I'm going to have to do another podcast to cover these other ones, do another Taz Hall 2 of this one. How about that? So, yeah, because there's just a lot on here. Um, so let me barrel through a couple of them real quick. Uh, Steve uh, Laratart, what happened in the beginning when they first put Samoa Joe? We answered this earlier. When they first put Samoa Joe and suddenly you were commentated with no affiliation to Joe Period, then they, they dropped the angle or what? I answered this earlier, Stephen, so maybe you heard it. Uh, it, ne- it, it, was, it was always supposed to be this. So I, I was supposed to come in as a commentator if you need me to say it in the, the first end of this podcast. But thank you for the question, sir. Okay, Ben Kinsla-Barrett, good moment, a good moment. Um, I was a huge fan of the draft when WWE used to do where superstars slash commentators came up on a Tron. I'd like to know if you enjoyed it uh, too, and if you feel it has a place in the current WWE. Your reaction to Matt Hardy's brand cha- change was absolutely favorite. Uh, my favorite. Um, thank you for all the free lunches uh, at, at Blake and Murphy's Steakhouse. Ah, old school Tasha reference, Blake and Murphy's. Uh, anyway, uh, good questions here, Ben. So here's the thing on that. Uh, yeah, my reaction was organic because it was, you know, it was real. It was it, it came off the right way about Hardy because most of that shit we didn't know. Like, so we, we acted the way fans would act, you know. So do I think it belongs? Yeah, I think bring it back. Sure. Shake it up. Um yeah, I think so. I do it a little bit more than they do. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. It def- definitely has a place because it's it's organic. It's real. You getting you can't you got you can't tell the guys or girls. It's got to be kayfabe and have cameras backstage and get their real reactions. It's yeah. There's nothing better than that. Right or wrong? I mean, geez, there's nothing better than that, right? You get the real feel right there. Um, you know what I mean? So um, what else we got here? Oh, Asked about the Wu Tang Clan, Elmer. Thanks, buddy. Uh, like he's saying if you if you can rank the members of the Wu Tang Clan from the best to the least best, who would it be, bro? Look, I remember the Wu, of course. You know the RZA, uh, Ghostface Killer, Old Dirty Bastard. I know them all. I, I don't know who's the best, who's the. I, I don't know. I, I like the Wu Tang back in the day, no doubt. Respect to the Wu. All right, anyway, uh, what else we got here? Um, here we go. Mike Krug, uh, what were your first thoughts when you found out you were going through the ring at Living Dangerously, and what did you do to prepare for it? Well, what I did to prepare for it was really nothing, um, except just hope to God I was going to be okay. <laughs> um, we we walked through it to make sure we were in the right area to, so we were both safe going through the, through the hole, um, and so that part was a little tricky. Um, my first thoughts were like, Shit, how are we going to pull this off? You know, and that was my first thoughts. And I think I talked about this in the past. Uh, the late, great Chris Candido, an old friend of mine who I missed dearly. Uh, Chris uh, was working at ECW, part of the Triple Threat, as you guys know, with Bam Bam Bigelow and Shane Douglas, the great Triple Threat. And then Francine also can't got to mention the Queen of Extreme. But, anyways, um, <clears throat> Chris had a friend. Um, who uh, a gentleman who worked for WWE without saying his name, and he worked in more or less the special effects. And he was the one. Once I knew he was involved, this gentleman behind the scenes, the engineering behind the, and the physics behind how we're going to go through this hole and how this device was going to be built and how we're going to pull this off, I was felt much better. So did Bam Bam. So that's the the backstory um, on it. So that's the dealio right there. What else we got here? We got, uh, where are we? Okay. Um, Eric Johnson, are matches like uh, the one Drew Gulak and Matt Riddle had on NXT this past week a sign of where wrestling could be and should be going in the future with more graphic submissions, strong style striking? Yeah, shit. I mean, we're seeing that all over the place. That's what's getting over, Eric. There's no doubt. I mean, I guess that's... This is the generation I belonged in, I guess, because I was doing that years ago. But I, I was in the right generation. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, you know, if I had to redo it, I, it worked out good for me. But yeah, I do think that um, you need to know some grappling. You need, you did need to know some joint locks for sure, uh, and some strong style striking. Yeah, because that, that's the, getting all the guys and girls over. Uh, that's it, it's to a point almost where 
uh, real quick, not to go on a whole tirade here, but that's why earlier someone, you know, asked about Velveteen Dream. See, that's something that makes Velveteen Dream so special because he's not doing all that. He's not, you know, going out there like he's a shooter, like he's going to stretch everyone, like he can do every submission in the world and he's an MMA influencer and all this kind of shit. Like he's different. Back in the day, he would be just like all the other talent where if you were an MMA, not an MMA, if you had grappling ability and used submissions and joint locks and suplexes like I did, you were different than everyone, than the bulk. Now he's different than everyone, meaning Velveteen Dream. See, it's kind of changed. So uh, I think that helps to his allure and his success. But, uh, yeah, good question, Eric. And that match with Gulak and Riddle was tremendous for sure. Riddle, a former guest uh, of the Taz show, I had him on when we were video. Skype Jones, we had him on Skype. Uh, good guy, good dude. So happy for his success. Dale Dietrich, um, backstory on you beating Mike Awesome for the ECW title. And if anyone had an issue how it all went down. Oh, Dale, listen, man, I talked about this a lot over the years, uh, really. Um, uh, you know, real quick, you know, Mike Awesome just, you know, he wanted to be, he wanted to lose the belt as fast as possible. He didn't want no problem with me. I didn't want no problem with him. Me and Mike always respected each other. He was contracted to WCW. I was contracted to WWF. To be frank, neither of us really, I hate to sound like an asshole, really didn't want to be there. We kind of had to be there. So that's just the blunt facts. Um, I was more happy to be there than he was <laughs> Not just because I was winning uh, Just the way things were for him in the company at that time I had no heat with nobody in the company Everything was cool um, But no, there was no issues uh, any, Anywhere else than, than, than what I just mentioned there um, So that's the deal Jason Tolan If two wrestlers went into a 60 minute time limit draw Do you have any idea What that would equate to cardio wise In miles run Holy shit Jason, how the fuck would I know that what am I like? A, you know, a, a trigonometry major? I mean, you got to be like a, an engineer, like to know. I, I don't know. It's a lot. It's definitely a lot of miles. It's a lot of ca- calories burned. A lot of miles. Re- yeah, that's a lot. Kind of a crazy, wacky question, but yet a good question, Jason. Interesting, because I don't have the answer. So I guess that makes it a better, better one. I don't know the answer. Uh, Richard Jimenez. Uh, G- 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 uh, there you go. Should AEW build up a good show? Be themselves first instead of jumping in and trying to compete against WWE right off the gun. Thanks. Well, Richie, what is AEW? Like you're saying, be themselves. Well, what what are they? They're, they're, I I think they're still in the middle of trying to figure out what they are. Right. So what they want to be and what they're going to be. We don't know that. Then let's be honest. I mean, I I really I'm not going to spend a ton of time. I'm not trying to be an asshole talking about AEW because there's there's nothing to talk about right now. You know, I, I'm not gonna. You know, come on here and all, all the promotion they're doing, they, they should be doing. I get it, but I, there's nothing for me to talk about with that as far as that goes. Um, but I get what you're, you're asking me. Um, yeah, no, if they try to be WWE, um, yeah, not, that's going to be a major problem for them. But I, they're not going to do that. They're too small for that. I don't think they want to be WWE. Um, um, I, I don't. Um, I, I, and I, if anyone there... Th- they shouldn't be, in my opinion, just my opinion, which I am entitled to, just like you are. <laughs> I don't think they should be trying to compete with WWE at any time. Just, just do your shit. Just get over the brand. Yeah, you know, just, just try to make this brand something, and and make make a splash. Don't even WWE shouldn't even be like part of any thought process of anybody that works there. In my opinion, it's just it's there's no need for it. There's no need at all for that. Just my blunt opinion. Uh, Joshua Sefatusis, do you feel like knees are are overused now? I feel like they are the new super kick. Everyone does them multiple times in a match, especially NXT. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I mean, during my day, clotheslines were the most oversaturated move. Um, You know, super kicks for a long time became transitional moves, which is just horrible because they're great moves. And knees are over. Yeah, I do feel like that they're overused. I do. I do. Um, That comes down to the agents and the producers and that people need to, they all need to talk together, the agents, and say, well, we've got too much going on with these knees or that knee, too many super kicks here, too much. You know, there's got to be more communication amongst not just the wrestlers, but the agents, in my opinion, on that. Thanks for the question. Brian Bond, what was easier to watch the monitor and not what was easier to watch the monitor and not look at the ring when you were by the ring or away from ringside? None of it matters, Brian. For me, my job, 
watch the monitor. Didn't matter if you put the fucking announce desk ringside, on the stage, in the parking lot, put it in catering. Didn't mean shit. As long as you got me in my monitor and I got the TV feed that you're seeing at home, I'm locked in. That's my job. That's how I always did it. Good question. Appreciate it. Thank you on that. And uh, and that's it. Like I said, dude, there are just tons of questions on here. So (laughs) I have to talk to the people here, drop another pod early this week of another Taz Hall. That's a first. Two fucking Taz Halls in one week. Holy shit. Are you kidding me, Taz? Yes. Yes. That's exactly what's going to happen. Fuck. Thanks for downloading. Make sure you subscribe. Put me over. And Jiminy Crickets. You know what shirt to go buy. $19.99. 20 bucks, kids. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com. You put Taz in the search bar. One Z. And you get the new Survive If I Let You t-shirt. Are you kidding me? The new fucking revamped classic Jones shit. All right, guys. I'm Tajana. Take care. Will your child be ready for kindergarten? At Chesterbrook Academy Preschool, the answer is yes. Our curriculum offers the perfect balance of learning and play. Our teachers personalize that experience for each child through engaging activities that develop the skills they need to be ready for what comes next. Attend a Chesterbrook Academy open house on Saturday, January 25th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. To find a preschool near you, click the banner or visit chesterbrookacademy.com. That's chesterbrookacademy.com.